When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ladies and gentlemen, all you Yinzers out there, welcome to another episode of the Pirates podcast to be named later. My name is Eddie Provident. With me is Purdue's biggest fan, Alex Stump. What's going on, man? Well, I'm sorry that Purdue's uh, biggest fan now because you're a loser. <laughs> what frustrates me more than anything <laughs> is that I walked directly into that face first. <laughs> uh, that, that is, oh my God. This is going to be a bad episode, guys. You know what, though? You're upset, and that's fairly. This is going to be a bad episode, guys. Oh, my God. I'm ready to get to baseball. March Madness is not baseball. Let's just go right to baseball before. Like, listen, the comment section has not been kind to me the first two weeks of this uh, podcast. Uh, I've seen a lot of down cups, guys. I see that. Don't. uh, just because I don't work for the company anymore doesn't mean I don't see the down cups. And then uh, people telling me I need to let you finish and let you talk more. Screw that. I'm never letting you talk. No, I'm kidding. Well, actually, about that. <laughs> oh, that Pirates. time I set you up and you. Oh, man. Pirates baseball. We've got some uh, some some positional battles going on here in spring training. And uh, there's three in particular that I want to talk to you about, uh, Alex. And we'll go we'll go through them here in the first segment. Uh, second base outfield and then backup catcher. Uh, I want to start off with second base because one of the guys that I really like from last season is Rodolfo Castro. I like what he brought to the lineup. Uh, I like the potential that he brings this year, um, but there's going to be some competition at second base. It's not a given that it's going to be his job. Um, where do you land right now on the second base uh, positional battle? And can the new guy, uh, Mark Mathias, can he can he battle? Can he battle his way into the starting lineup? Or is this Rodolfo Castro's job? It's a really good question for, for Matthias because he's someone that Derek Shelton said utility primarily, but there are going to be opportunities at second base if he does get that. And it's one of those, I might be reading between the lines here, but this competition at second base hasn't gone as advertised so far. It's... And no one's really taken away from it. I, I think Rodolfo Castro had some encouraging at-bats on Friday, which is good, but he's been quite wild and striking out and whiffing and not doing that great a job so far. G1 Bay also had some you know, good at-bats, some good swings on Friday, also very much needed, but he's also been chasing. 
as has uh, Marcano. So it's one of those, where do you go with this if nobody's going to run away from this job? Because you can't go to Nick Gonzalez yet. I, I, I don't feel, I mean, it would be wild to say Nick Gonzalez, who didn't play at all in AAA, is major league ready. Whenever Andy Rodriguez, I know you have strong feelings on this, is I was it just going to say only got six games in AAA and, and six, half a dozen games in AAA. That's that's fair. We will just be retracking everything we said last year. But that's like okay, he doesn't have any AAA experience. That's fine. You can't go to Nick Gonzalez, and so you really got only these four guys. It's a really bad look for Matthias. I I go back with him and what they did last year with Josh Van Meter. Josh Van Meter was brought on to light a fire under uh, Kevin Newman and Cole Tucker's butt. It, it, Kevin Newman put together a pretty decent season, but, you know, Cole Tucker, obviously that didn't work out. Now, I don't know why they hung on to Josh Van Meter till late August, whenever, you know, Cole Tucker was let go in April, but hey, that's neither here nor there. I'm wondering if Matthias is something similar, that the second base group isn't, nobody's running away from the job. Okay, we'll bring in an outsider, see what you can do. With what, see what he can do. I, if the season started right now, I would write Castro into the lineup, but I'm not as enthusiastic about it as I was, you know, going into spring. See, my take on it is who has the most potential? Right? Castro. Right. So that's who I go with as my starter. Um, when you have a team like the Pirates, and we talked about this a little bit last week, and I think even two weeks ago, when you have a team like the Pirates who don't have high expectations, uh, honestly, let's be real. If they have, if they get seventy-five wins, a lot of this fan base is going to be pretty happy with seventy-five wins. So why mess around with guys like Matthias and you know a Van Meter type from last year? You know, to 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 steal that name from you. Why mess around with those dudes when you can have a Rodolfo Castro with that kind of potential? Well, to, to answer your question, this this is from a report I got on him. Uh, First of all, the glove is really good. He can bounce around like you're going to get a good defensive second baseman. And on top of it, he had a really good year last year at the plate between AAA and you know the Major League cameos. And forgive me, I don't remember which of these big projection systems that uh, teams use, but one of them, he is an absolute darling. So this isn't like Josh Van Meter where you're just getting someone who is depth and you kind of know what you're getting. This guy does have at least some level of upside. Not as high as Castro's ceiling, though, but you also have to take the the floor into consideration. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So if you said this again, we'll we'll wrap up the second base talk here. You said if the season started today, you still think Castro's the guy. Yes, but with that said, Castro doesn't even have a major league job that's guaranteed at this moment. Okay. So interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's move it out to the outfield. Uh, we obviously, uh, I guess, maybe I shouldn't use the word obviously with this baseball team, but we assume the outfield will look something like Reynolds, uh, Sawinski, and Kutch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sawinski is the one that's maybe on the line a little bit here, but I, I just, he hasn't been that bad at the plate this spring. He's been fine. Sure. Uh, the defense has been rough, but he's also, you know, learning center a little bit more. The sun is absolute murder here. I, I, I don't, I haven't seen enough to be like really bothering people. Like, hey, hey, is he going to lose his job here over this? So, so who's the fourth and fifth uh, outfielders then? 
that's a good question because I think you you got to wonder how does the rest of this lineup or this bench look? Like if a Matthias is on there and a Connor Joe's on there is like, do you, do you have enough people that you can get away without another natural outfielder? It's, well, let me it's get, a real possibility. So, so let me throw two names at you and I want you to tell me if they've done enough to make this roster. Yes. All right. Kanan Smith and Jigba and Travis Swaggerty. Yes. They both have, and they, it, it, there's just no way outside of injuries that they both make the opening day roster. Because you can't carry that many outfielders. So who do you pick? And you, if, if Alex, again, I'm going to go back to Alex Stump is uh, Derek Shelton. They, mm-hmm. Ben Sherrington fires Derek Shelton. He hires Alex Stump. Who do you start? Who do you put on the roster, the opening day roster, out of those two guys? I I still want to see first of all if Santana is 100 percent healthy. Uh, what's going on with Kutch? But this is a very long way of saying that. I would probably go with Swaggerty at the moment, not because he's performed so much better, but just because he's more defensively versatile. And they, right now in center field, Swinski hasn't really done great, and Reynolds is coming off a very poor defensive season. I think Swinski could play a decent center field, and I think Reynolds could be you know better defensively this year. But you don't have anybody else if Bay doesn't make this roster. So I, I think Swaggerty is the better option there. He's played well. He's a little bit older. This is more of a make-or-break year for him. You could get more major league opportunities. for. There's just a lot of ways. If there's a way that there could be like more DH at-bats or you know, a way to get Kutch DHing more, then I might lean a little more towards uh, Kanan. But mm-hmm. I, I think I would say Swaggerty right now. Cool. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you said, and I guess that's why they pay you the big bucks. Uh, let's go to <laughs> let's go to backup catcher. Uh, the the very sexy position of backup yes. catcher. Um, we've got Kevin. I'm going to blow this name. And I'm sorry. I have been trying since they brought him in, and I'm just not going to do it. My man Kevin, uh, <laughs> Jason Delay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh <laughs> this is a man who knows his limitations <laughs> folks uh kevin jason delay and uh tyler heineman now before you do your thing i'm going to bring the pop culture side of this in because everybody knows i am mr pop culture uh, i say that with all of the sarcasm in the world this episode um, hasn't gotten any better <laughs> <laughs> um Tyler Heineman is my guy only because Julian Solomita is his best friend. And if you don't know who Julian Solomita is, maybe you've heard of Julian's wife, Jenna Marbles. Uh, Julian and Jenna have a bunch of cool things on YouTube. And uh, Julian does a cooking thing on YouTube that I watch all the time. And apparently uh, Tyler Heineman went to high school with him and they were best friends. They were teammates in, in, uh, in high school. So I am pulling for Tyler Heineman so that Julian Solomita comes to Pittsburgh at some point in time and I can hang out with him. There, that's it. That's all I've got for you. That's, no. that's your baseball insight that's, here. That is my backup catcher insight for you. But uh, from the people, uh, from the guy that the people want to hear from, Alex, who do you think ends up being Austin Hedges' backup guy? Opening day, I. it's still up in the air. And this is a battle that's not going to come down to OPS. It's going to come down to who puts the pitching staff in the best position. And there are two ways that it could go right now. Because I don't see it being Jason DeLay at the moment. 
And that a big part of that is you just kind of pay attention and make mental notes of who is catching who in bullpens, who is catching the starters in these early innings. And it really has been Ploiecki and Heinemann. So not to say that delay, you know, dead in the water here, but I, it, I see those two guys. They're the ones who are catching the bullpens that matter. They're the ones who are building these relationships with starters, you know, getting these opportunities in game right here while delay hasn't. So, okay, well, let's go with one of those two. How do you go about it? Heineman and Plucky are both on these minor league deals. Heineman could have his contract selected and then be optioned later to the minors whenever ND is ready or whatever. So you don't have to cut ties with the catcher, you know, mm-hmm. in season where if you go with Ploiecki, I mean, you'd still, you could still probably have Heinemann in your back pocket unless he, you know, elects minor league free agency. Nothing is, you know, guaranteed here. So I, I would say right now the option, minor league option is probably Heinemann's friend and I would lean ever so slightly towards him. Uh, but like I said, this is one that's really, you got to just more make the mental notes of who is catching who, who is being given those chances to get to know these staff and, and it's plucky and it's Heinemann. Yeah. I, again, I keep coming back to this. Uh, there's, for me, there's an excitement behind all of this because these, these actually are legitimate battles now. This isn't like um, the random guy that's you know in his forties and the the random dude that they picked up off the street. Like these are legitimate major league baseball players that we're talking about now. Even at backup positions for the Pirates, even if maybe they're not household names, they're they're guys that have played some solid baseball, and that's what excites me that we're finally getting into that side of this rebuild or this new generation of Pirates baseball, whatever you want to call it. Um, But I think that these are uh, all signs that things are moving in the right direction. And I know with the Pirates, we don't always want to hear that. (laughs) But I do think that this, the talent in this organization is moving in the right direction. Um, When we, uh, when we come back, I want to talk, speaking of talent, world baseball classic. I think the baseball has been great. The talent that's been in there has been phenomenal. Um, so I want to get your take on it. I want to see, you know, what you, what you think about the world baseball classic. So let's, uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Pirates Podcast to be named later. I'm Eddie Provena. With me, as always, is one of my best friends in the world, Alex Stump. Alex, I want to talk some World Baseball Classic baseball, man. Um, it was really, to me, it, it, it was it was a shame to see someone like Edwin Diaz go down. Uh, and I know that that's going to put a damper on a lot of things with the World Baseball Classic. But, man, this has been some great baseball. Uh, getting to see the U.S., and their bullpen, their bullpen is just a machine. Like it's, it's murderers row on the pitching side of things. Uh, the game the other night between the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico was fantastic. Uh, you know, Japan looks good. It, all of this is exciting to me, man. Like uh, even saw the kid, was it from uh, the kid from Nicaragua who got signed by the Tigers because he struck out the side and he did it in dominant fashion. Uh, maybe I'm getting my my countries mixed up, but 
it's there has been so much good baseball in this in this tournament. Um, I hate to see an injury like that put a damper on it. Where, what's your take on it? Yeah, I, I was going to wait for you to go, and then I was going to hit you with the butt. But because it, you it always got to do that. I do. I do. You can't just let me have my 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 moment. No, not not after the Purdue joke. So it was. Uh, it, it sucked. It sucked for a variety of reasons. Not to be lost that Edwin Diaz is maybe the greatest relief pitcher around right now, and we're robbed of a year yep. of him pitching. And as just fans of the sport, that sucks. I worry genuinely, though, like as good as the baseball has been here, is that going to be cited as a tipping point of like what happens going forward? Like this was a completely fluke injury. This wasn't anything, but, but it was still a season ending injury at the world baseball classic. Our team's going to be more scared to send their superstar talent out there. I, I hope not. I hope I'm wrong with this, but we, we already saw teams. If the player wasn't 100%, G man Choi, if he's not 100%, yeah. like, no, you're not participating. We are not running an injury risk for this. And I'm, I'm not going to just call it an exhibition because it means a lot more to a lot of these players than just calling it an exhibition. But it's not a World Series. It's not a regular season game. It's its, it's own thing yeah. that is not you, – you are letting someone who is – you invested millions, if not tens of millions of dollars in to go – potentially hurt themselves for nothing yeah and I, th- I think that's that is the point and I, I think that's where i agree with you 100 percent. so we'll go a different avenue than we went last week in the second segment um <laughs> the the idea that i mean this it wasn't a baseball related injury it was just guys celebrating a win and it wasn't even like overly exciting the uh, overly celebrating the win it was just a random, like you said, it was a fluke. And uh, people are going to come at me about this and that's fine. But you're, when have you seen anybody celebrate a win in spring training like that? And I think, yeah. And and so if you, and I know this is the reachiest of the uh, reaches that I could get, but if you put Edwin Diaz on the Mets roster, he's not celebrating like that. And he's probably not exerting himself like that. And therefore, he probably doesn't get injured like that. Um, I'm with you, man. As much as I love the baseball, as much as I've enjoyed watching these games, um, I don't think that the teams are going to let these, you know, and I I don't mean this in a negative way when I say this, but they're not going to let these investments just put themselves on the line like that. I mean, like, look at what, Look at the money going around right now and look at the money that's in the World Baseball Classic. I don't think the teams are going to be cool with just randomly losing dudes. I mean, what if uh, I go back? I'm a hockey guy. I go back to the uh, to the Olympics, uh, the 2014 Olympics, I believe it was, where uh, Steven Stamkos, you know, comes in the wrong way and breaks his leg and the Lightning lose him for the rest of the season. Do you think the Lightning were cool cool with the fact that they lost their superstar player for the rest of the season? And that's exactly what happened to the New York Mets. They lost their superstar, not even on the not just on the baseball field, Alex, but the guy that like 
that you know the trumpet song the mm-hmm. the 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 way he comes in that was being played at rangers games penguins games Steelers games that that whole thing that became a cultural phenomenon that wasn't just Edwin Diaz in baseball that was Edwin Diaz in the pop culture uh, zeitgeist and the Mets lost that this year you're absolutely 100% right about that and I can't see the Mets being cool with that the next time around yeah I mean and that's the that's the shame of it because I'm going to take the other good zig while you zag here Uh, Luis Ortiz was back at Pirate City on Friday. And mm-hmm. I, I asked him, you know, uh, what, what was your favorite moment? Normally we would play a clip here, but we were going through uh, interpreter Stephen Morales, so I'll, I'll, I'll spare and I'll just, I'll just read the quote here. Uh, it was really special to walk in into the Marlins Stadium and wear that Dominican jersey. The first thing that went through my head was my brother. I, I, I'll dedicate this to my brother. Uh, his brother, Jason, I, I didn't know this until today. Uh, he passed in the Dominican two years ago. So this this was a huge moment of national pride, of family pride, of pride of your profession, what you have done in your career. Players aren't going to give that up, and that's and they shouldn't be asked to have to give that up. I hope this is just an, a blip on the radar, and everyone just accepts that this was a weird fluke thing, but. I do see it as an inevitability at some point that someone is going to suffer a baseball injury, a takeout slide or something happens and the player's out for the year. And it's like, well, that definitely wouldn't have happened if they were playing the spring training ball. Something is going to happen at some point and it's going to change it. And it is going to suck because this has been a really good product for, you know, growing the game, especially internationally. But knowing that eventually down the road, I don't see how this becomes anything other than like the Olympics where it's minor league players, you know, mostly. And, you know, I look at someone local like a David Bednar. It's not even just the player's pride. Like our whole city, our whole region is excited because we've got a guy, you know, representing Team USA. And that that's the part that does suck about it, that that's that's probably in jeopardy now. And, um, you know, to, to see the work that the guy, these guys put in um, and then to see how excited they are about it. You know, you, you see the tweets that Marcus Stroman put out there uh, in response to some pretty stupid stuff from some uh, some outlets that, you know, I'm not going to name names or anything, but just, there was some takes. Yeah, there was some I'm really sorry. bad takes out there. I'm sorry to bleep that. Yeah. But, you know. but, uh, but yeah, you know, Marcus Stroman w- – really let it be known how important this was. And a lot of, I mean, from a Pirates fan standpoint, I remember the last World Baseball Classic when Team USA won. I got emotional. Like my dad and I were like excited together. We were celebrating together because I've never seen a baseball championship before. A meaningful baseball championship. And so to see Team USA win it and it means something and it matter because it's best on best, yeah, that was exciting, man. And I got mm-hmm. to, I had that moment with my pops. And um, t- for that, again, all of that to be in jeopardy because of some injuries, I, I understand it. I'm not like I'm not mad about it. I get it, but it's still kind of just, it's a bit of a letdown. And um, you know, like you said, a, a bad slide. You know, someone hits a base the wrong way. You know, 
pitchers' arms injuries happen all the time. You know, and these guys aren't completely well oiled mid, you know, mid season, uh, yeah, mid season form. It, things can happen, man. And and the the teams aren't going to uh, sit for they're not going to sit for losing guys like that. I I almost part of me just wishes this was in season somehow. If there is a way that they could do like a hockey break for the Olympics, but it, right. obviously they're not going to do that. No, no. The the difference there is hockey doesn't have a choice with the Olympics. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, baseball uh, holds a lot more of the cards than hockey than the NHL. MLB holds a lot more cards than the NHL holds when it comes to their players and the events around baseball. So uh, you're right. I don't I don't see that ever being a thing. Um, anything else you want to add on the World Baseball Classic thing, or uh, are we just going to leave it there that it's an exciting thing, but this is probably going to be, you know, Clayton's, as they say. Hopefully not, you know, three years from now or six years from now or 10 years from now, whenever they do these. But like, I just view this as an, an inevitable losing battle. And that's my way of being a pessimist out of what has been, again, something good for the game. For sure. Uh, when we come back, third segment it's the segment that uh, we do on the fly i will let you know what it's going to be when i know be right back after this Welcome back to the third and final segment of the Pirates podcast to be named later. Alex, I have a question for you. Well, I have a two-part question for you. If you had to... Nope. I honestly didn't even intend this pun, but it's going to happen. If you had to ballpark how many uh, how many baseball games you've been to, what where, where would you put that at? Uh, as a, as a fan and just, media member, fan and media member, like it doesn't matter. Just actual baseball ball, games that you've okay, been. Okay, I'm not going to overthink this. Uh, just ballpark it. Yeah, four hundred, five hundred. Okay, four hundred, five hundred baseball. Probably games. Probably five hundred. What is the single greatest moment that you have ever been in person? that you've seen in person at a baseball uh, game? Single greatest moment at a baseball game that you have been to personally? Oh, boy. Um, the one that you'll tell your grandkids and grandkids you, about. Yeah, because I, I did freelancing before I came on to DK, so I saw you know some, some of the cut years you know, before he came back here. Uh, I saw Josh Bell hit a home run over the batter's eye. I... But man, I also coincidentally missed a lot of the most like incredible games, <laughs> like the <laughs> Josh Harrison homer off of Rich Hill to break mm-hmm. up the no hitter. Yep. Uh, I I don't know why, but I keep going to like the no hitters just because of how rare it is. And I've, I've seen it on both ends of the spectrum. I saw Lucas Giolito probably should have got, gotten a perfect game. Yeah, and <laughs> I I saw them win after getting no hit. It's like the most ridiculous. <laughs> Like, I, yeah. I don't know if those are the actual best, but that's where my mind is gravitating to first here. Just stuff that does go down in baseball history. 
So I was going to give you my greatest moment, but since you brought up no hitters, I'll give you my dad's greatest moment. Okay. My dad went to one Pirates game with his mom. His uh, his parents were split up, and so he you know, he was with his dad most of the time, but his mom took him to one Pirates baseball game. It was the Bob Gibson no hit uh, no hitter against the Buccos. <laughs> My dad got to in person see Bob Gibson throw a no no. That's <laughs> wow! I don't know how you top that. That that tops Hunter Green. Okay, yeah, that I, for me, like I, you know, that's that's kind of one of those moments. Like I'm I'm not always jealous of my dad, but that's one I'm like, man, because when you go down and like, again, I, like I said, I played, I pitched in high school. I wasn't any good. I was not good at all. Um, but I was, I, I loved baseball and I was, you know, a, a history nut and uh, Bob Gibson and Nolan Ryan were my two guys. I just liked the, the hard throwing, you know, uh, tough, nasty kind of pitchers. And, um, to get to see that moment, I, I think that would have been been pretty awesome. Um, and for it to be his only Pirates game with his mom, I, I feel like that makes it a little bit more special. But uh, uh, that wasn't the intended reason for this uh, for this segment. I just wanted to get a cool story out of you. But uh, <laughs> uh, since you brought up no hitters, I figured I'd I'd bring that one up. Um, anything else that you like off the cuff, like like weird, wacky, goofy stuff? Weird, dude. You know, I what's happened these last two or three years, right? Yeah, I saw. I, I, I was I, in those. I was in those Slack chats. Yes. Yeah, you weren't in the Slack chat for the Will Craig game, were you? I don't. That's a good question. I don't think so. I don't think I was on at that point in time. Yeah. But the Will Craig one was. Yeah. Uh, the Will Craig one was the one. Were you at? Did you cover? I'm just. I'm just writing about this one play, and like I, the whole rest of the day, I was making gifts. I was preparing no. stuff. I wasn't, and I know that I wasn't there because that the end of the year I did a highlight tape, uh, like a highlight pack for uh, for DK. He wanted to do an end of the year highs and lows in Pittsburgh sports, and that. the the lows that I had to put together consisted of Will Craig, the Ben Roethlisberger fumble against Cleveland, and Tristan Jari's. I don't even know what you would call that against the New York Rangers, and that was like. Man, I'm a fan. Like I, I know that I'm not supposed to say this on the air with you, Alex, but I am a. I, I, I grew up a Pittsburgh sports fanatic. Okay, and it took a part of my soul away to have to sit there and make those packs for the public of those three plays. It was hard. <laughs> three pretty good self-inflicted. That's yeah. a pretty good trifecta of like, That's what a- are you doing? Yeah, man. All right. Well, on that note, on that bright, shining, happy note. I'm also going to say I probably undersold 500. So, What's that? I probably also undersold the 500 now that I went back to like the free. For some reason, I skipped the freelancing years. Like, oh, wait, there's a lot more there. I don't know if I've been to 500 anything in my life. I've also been to Chipotle 500 times. I might got you there. Yeah, that's true. And on that note, (laughs) for Alex Stump, for DK Pittsburgh Sports, I am Eddie Provident. This has been the Pirates Podcast, be named later. We will catch you next week. Uh, Have a good one. Happy St. Paddy's Day because we're recording on Friday night. Take care. Take care.